Hi, Tony Hines here, and you're listening to the Chain Reaction Podcast, all about supply chain advantage. Great to be here. Stay tuned, because this program is all about bananas. Banana supply chains, to be absolutely accurate. to be here and i hope you enjoyed that little bit of jazz right at the start well we're going to talk about how your food arrives on your table at any time of the year and we're going to take a look at just one special food which is bananas banana supply chains to be absolutely accurate well bananas like many other crops are grown on large-scale monoculture plantations farms typically in tropical countries costa rica Ecuador and Colombia. Shoots are planted, suckers grow from underground, and the banana plant then yields fruit. And it's harvested when it's ripe. Bananas are picked, packed, and dispatched in bunches, usually wrapped in plastic to protect them during transport. And bananas are shipped by boat to various ports around the world. And these journeys can take several weeks, so bananas have to be kept refrigerated in containers to slow down any ripening process because the last thing you want is for the bananas to arrive and not be edible. Once bananas reach the port they're inspected and distributed to supermarkets and other retailers. They then of course have to be ripened if they're underripe at that stage by exposing them to ethylene gas before they're sold. Bananas of course are perishable fruits and if they're not properly picked, packed, stored and dispatched and transported, they will get spoiled and they become waste material. And that, of course, has a negative impact on the environment because you've incurred all the cost of production, all the cost of shipping, simply for those bananas and all the CO2 that's been generated in the production processes and transport processes is waste. Well, I've mentioned the various countries, Ecuador, Costa Rica and Colombia, but there's also Also others where banana production takes place. Guatemala, Belgium, the Philippines, Netherlands, Dominican Republic, United States and the Ivory Coast. And they account for the largest proportion of banana production. About 80% or more. Only about 15-20% to of banana plants that are produced around the world actually end up being traded. And the Most popular banana traded, of course, is the Cavendish banana, which I'll say a little more about later on. It's the normal yellow banana, but there are different varieties of banana. In fact, over a thousand variations. It's certainly become a big issue in relation to sustainability and ecological living. One of the areas that concerns people is the CHG emissions created during farming, packing and distribution. And several organisations in recent years have also noted human and worker rights issues in the production processes. It's a very labour-intensive process to grow bananas and get them gathered in. Lots of manual parts. You have to wash the bananas, have to label them, have to package them, and of course you have to transport them. And many of the banana farms work with distributors, and they're usually big brands, such as Chiquita, Dole, and Del Monte. They're shipped on large container ships 
And as we said, they have to be in the shipping, trucking and uh, distribution processes, the warehouses where they lodge. They have to be chilled, refrigerated. And the refrigeration contributes somewhere between 60 to 67% of the total carbon footprint in the life cycle of any banana. And the products are temperature controlled. Temperature has to be lower than 13 degrees centigrade or above. And if it's higher than 18 degrees, it can damage the appearance of the fruit. And appearance is all important because people who buy bananas in the market like to see bright yellow bananas. They don't like to see bananas that are going brown or got black pieces on them. They like the skins to be unblemished and yellow, even though the banana itself inside the skin will be perfectly okay. They have to control the amount of ethylene gas and hydrocarbons fed into any room to ripen the banana. And then they have to be finally inspected for quality before they're shipped. billion bananas every year in the UK and in the world it's over 100 billion bananas. Some estimates say that the United States accounts for about 100 billion bananas on its own but uh, it's a lot of bananas. Now if you're like me I eat a banana every day so I'm eating 365 of those bananas in a year and I have them at breakfast In 2019, there was a comparison of who were the leading banana eaters, and India ranked the highest in banana consumption, followed by China and Indonesia. The majority of bananas sold in the UK come from Costa Rica, Ecuador and Colombia. There are more than 1,000 varieties of bananas grown in over 150 countries. The strange thing is, Commercial banana production in the United States is relatively small and they only grow about 4,000 tonnes and they're mainly from Hawaii. There are pockets in tropical parts of the United States, mainly Puerto Rico and, of course, uh, Florida. They used to grow more, but they don't really grow these bananas commercially to satisfy demand in the U.S., Nearly all of the bananas consumed in the United States are imported. In the United States, where they eat lots of bananas, they don't really grow any, well, at least commercially. So everything has to be imported. And that's the case in other countries too. Same in the UK. About 50 billion tonnes of Cavendish bananas are produced globally every year. Nearly all the bananas supplied to the United States are Cavendish bananas, since they're more resilient to the effects of travelling. And when they move these bananas around by ship, they have to be chilled. So they're often chilled or frozen. When you pick up a bunch of bananas in a supermarket, a cluster is often called a hand, while a single banana is called a finger. Did you know that? Bananas are also naturally slightly radioactive, and they can float in water. They contain a natural chemical called serotonin, which makes people happy. So when you eat a banana, if you feel suddenly happy, that's probably why. And strangely, a strawberry is not classified as a berry, but a banana is. The word banana comes from banan, the Arabic word for finger. 
There's no such thing as a banana tree. Bananas are, in fact, herbs related to palms, lilies and orchids. They're the largest plants on earth without a woody stem. Usually a hand has about 20 fingers. The average American eats 28 pounds of bananas every year, which is about 112 bananas. So less than me then. Each stem of a banana plant only flowers and produces fruit once. Bananas contain a number of important vitamins and minerals. Vitamin B6 is one of those vitamins. A medium banana gives you about a quarter of the vitamin B6 you should get every day. Vitamin C and magnesium. Magnesium helps control your blood pressure and blood sugar and keeps your bones strong, so it's a good thing to eat. Bananas are rich in potassium and fibre and low in sodium, so they're very important for healthy hearts. They can be used to lower hypertension and the potassium is also very important to strengthen bones. One or two bananas a day is considered to be a moderate intake for a healthy person. And because potassium in bananas is good for your heart health and blood pressure too, a medium-sized banana will provide around 320 to 400 milligrams of potassium, which meets about 10% of your daily need. Bananas are often grown on large farms, and they're cut down when they're green, with machetes. The Cavendish banana is the most widely cultivated type. This part of the operation, the plantation workers, they get about 0.04 of a dollar. The plantation owner, once they're harvested, transported to packing sheds, inspected, washed and boxed for export, gets about 0.12 of a dollar. To prevent them from ripening in transit, pallets of bananas are shipped in refrigerated containers and the container ships pass through places like the Panama Canal en route to Wilmington, Delaware from places like Ecuador. Delaware handles about a million tonnes of bananas a year. It's the busiest banana port in the United States and second only to Antwerp in Belgium in the world. That part of the operation, the shipping, is worth about 27 cents. Then they're ripened and distributed. Once they clear customs, there are special facilities where the bananas move from being green to ripe and they go to distribution centres, regional distribution centres and wholesalers before being sent on to supermarkets for sale. And that part of the operation costs about 17 cents, or they pick up about 17 cents. And the final part is the marketing of those bananas in the stores, through the retailers, and that represents about 40 cents on the dollar. And that's how bananas get to you. Now, it's interesting, isn't it, how different people view bananas? Because if they see bananas with spots on the skin or discoloured, going brown, they often throw them away. 1.4 million bananas are wasted in Great Britain because people simply throw them away, thinking that they're going bad at that point. But many people prefer them that way because they're at the sweetest when the banana skin begins to change colour. In many countries, though, Bananas are the most wasted fruit, but I love both underripe and ripe and, of course, overripe bananas. They're at the sweetest. And if you watch natural films with chimpanzees, you'll often see that they really value the overripe banana because they like it when it's turning to alcohol.
makes them walk in strange lines. The Cavendish banana accounts for about 95% of all bananas sold today. Once upon a time, back in the 1950s, the Gros Michel was a very popular banana, but it disappeared after a fungal epidemic, leaving the Cavendish as the major variety. Cavendish is more resistant to fungus, but genetic uniformity makes it more vulnerable. And there's a new fungus strain, TR4, which is damaging Asian crops and quickly spreading. So they are a vulnerable crop. Scientists, of course, are working on the genetic material in an attempt to engineer a more disease-resistant variety. There's also a National Banana Day, which is April the 19th in 2023. So, I hope you're going to go bananas on that particular day. The TR4 disease is to bananas what COVID-19 is to humans. And many of the farms in the past 30 years or so have been struck down with this epidemic. From Asia to Australia, Middle East to Africa, and most recently in Latin America, more than 20 countries fear that this is a banana pandemic and could lead to a shortage of the world's favourite fruit. So this is why the scientists are working on the genetic modifications to bananas to make them resistant to this disease. Back in the 1950s, the Panama disease first hit, and that was a fungal disease that originated in Asia and spread to Central America. It got rid of the Gros Michel, or the Big Mike as it was called, and we no longer have that variety. So there's limited biodiversity in bananas, which makes them vulnerable. The Cavendish banana is so-called after the 7th Duke of Devonshire, William Cavendish, who grew the plant in his greenhouse at Chatsworth. Today's new Panama disease, of course, is the TR4, and that's what is so dangerous to the banana trade. So next time you reach for the humble banana in the supermarket, and you take it home, and you savour it over breakfast in the morning, or perhaps at another part of the day, please remember how all the elements in that supply chain have worked together to bring to your table that particular fruit from different parts of the world. And that banana has had to fight off fungal disease, and it had to be shipped, and it had to be brought by ship, by road, to get to your table. So don't just throw it away. Make sure you value it and you eat it. Otherwise, well, I'll be going bananas. Now this is the story of one famous English banana brand. Fife's, of course, was the label of choice when I was a youngster in the United Kingdom. Fife's is most closely associated with bananas, but they do also deal in other fruit and fresh produce. It was started by Edward Fife in 1888, a London-based wholesaler, and he began to import commercially bananas. In 1897, the business merged with Hudson Brothers, another import company, to form Fife Hudson and Company, and the business became so successful they purchased land in the Canaries to be cultivated for banana plantations. Elder Dempster, which is a large shipping company, traded in the Canaries, 
and observed the success of Fife and Hudson, and they followed suit. In 1898, Elder Dempster's fruit importing business was extended to Jamaica. The British government agreed to pay a subsidy of £40,000 a year to Elder Dempster to run a regular steamer service to Jamaica and bring back large quantities of bananas to Britain. In 1901, Elders and Fife's merged and established Elders and Fife's. 45% of the capital was purchased by United Fruit Company of America, and the business grew and made Atlantic crossings too. In 1960, trials of a new cushion craft, a vehicle built for Elders and Fife's, was trialled, and this was designed for potential use as a vehicle carrying bananas from overseas plantations. They wanted to speed up the trips, I think. In 1969, the company was renamed Fife's Group Limited, and it was by now quite diverse in its operations. It became simply Fife's PLC in 1989. In 1990, the limited supply of bananas in Honduras led to disputes with the company Chiquita. It was dubbed the Banana Wars. Chiquita began illegally seizing and destroying Fife's shipments, as well as bribing judges to validate detention orders on Fife's ships and it culminated in the destruction of millions of dollars of produce. In 2001, the European Union dismantled the banana import policy that favoured European companies, and that ended the ongoing banana disputes. In 2002, Fives took legal action against DCC in relation to the sale of its stake in the company. This was all about insider trading. In 2008, UNICEF Ireland and Fives announced the Corporate Philanthropy Partnership. It was a five-year arrangement funded by UNICEF's work in Mozambique, and it was designed to cut malaria. In 2014, Fife's agreed to merge with Chiquita to form what would become the world's largest banana distributor. However, in October of the same year, the transaction agreement with Chiquita was terminated. So, the story goes on. And Fife remains an important banana brand. Well, that's it for this special edition about bananas. I hope you enjoyed the episode and stop by the Chain Reaction website and pick up any episode you've missed on other topics and listen to the news roundup every Saturday, 12 noon. I'm Tony Hines. I'm signing off. I'll see you next time. Bye for now. The Chain Reaction Podcast is written, presented, and produced by Tony Hines. Hi, I'm Tony Hines. I'm here to tell you about the Chain Reaction Podcast, all about supply chain advantage. I've been researching and writing about supply chains for over 25 years. I wrote my first book on supply chain strategies in the early 2000s. Each week we have special episodes on particular topics relating to supply chains. Now we have a weekly news roundup every Saturday at 12 noon. All things impacting global supply chains in that week. So come and join us on the Chain Reaction Podcast. I look forward to seeing you there. I'm Tony Hines. I'm signing off. Bye for now.